0: Welcome to Because We Love You, a podcast dedicated to helping you live a life of wellness. My name is
1: Stacy, and this is my co-host Jade. Hey everyone, we're so excited. This episode is going to be about giving and this is the month of December, which is a month full of giving. So we're um, we're so excited to have some guests along with us and we're going to dive right in. If you see anything that you want to know more about or where we've gotten our research from, please check out our show notes and as always, follow us on Instagram, Um, or listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts.
2: Welcome to Because We Love You. A podcast focused on helping you understand mental health, human wiring, faith, and wellness.
1: We hope you feel empowered and inspired to make changes in your habits and lifestyle.
2: This podcast is hosted by best friends and hardworking professionals. College professor, Dr.
3: Stacey Lipowski And physician assistant, Jade Brayback. Together, they invite you into this community
2: to share encouragement and hope with one another.
1: Why? Because Because we we love love you. you. Hi, everyone. We're so excited. This is December. We're in the month of December. Who's excited? Love Christmas. Yes. Yes. Right? Right? Right. Super excited. So, when I think about December, I think about a month of giving. Yeah. That's right. It's personally a time where I tend to give more and I tend to buy a lot more gifts for my kids and for people in my life that are so important. And I think that that goes along with research because research says that in December, almost approximately one third of donations are made in one month. We have 11 other months and one third of them are made during this month. So yeah. so appropriate that we talk about this today. And we have some guests. Yeah, that's
0: right. So I'm really excited to introduce you to two people who um, who I love very much. And so this is Reverend Dr. Joe Blosser. Um, He is a director for the Center of Community Engagement and a professor of religion and philosophy. And we have Dr. Allie Blosser, what a power couple here, who is a professor of education. And so welcome to Because We Love You.
3: Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks yeah. for having us.
0: Thanks. Of course. And so we invited them to join us today just to give us um, a better perspective about giving. So both of them are very passionate about giving time and resources and money and know a lot more about that than we do. And so today we do want to you know, talk with them about how to give responsibly in this month of giving. So um, both of them are very involved in the co- local community, um, on many boards, for local nonprofits, um, and just generally pretty great people, I must say. <laughs> Might be a little biased. but Aww. Thanks, Stacey. They have two wonderful children, Um, so also parents. I'm excited to hear their perspective about
1: modeling um, giving to our children. Um, So I just want to just start with like a question, Um, because giving a lot of times I feel like we give because we've first been given, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, um, has there been any time in your life where you have been given? And tonight, today, we're going to focus more on money because I know that we've all been given a lot of time and and um, people providing resources for us. Mm -hmm. But today, has there been any monetary gift that has meant so much to you and almost so much that it's just spurred on your giving in your own life?
3: You want to start with that? Mm -hmm.
1: Sure. Um,
4: Well, you know, first off, both of my parents did model giving and were certainly very generous, um, not only to their children, but um, to their communities. Um, but one of the, I guess one of the monetary gifts that sticks out to me is actually um, Joe's grandmother, Grandmom Oder, that was what we called her. Um, she was a professor of education, too, just like me. And um, Joe and I started um, dating before I went to grad school for education. And so Joe's grandmother was kind of part of my journey as I was pursuing um, a PhD in education, and she, you know, I would talk to her through that process um, and talk to her about the classes I was taking. And when it came time for me to graduate, um, we didn't have a ton of money. We had been graduate students and <laughs> At graduate uh, student life. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and I had two new babies when I was graduating, too. I um, was trying to juggle all of that. And Um, It came time to buy my graduation robe, which I don't know if y'all know this, but graduation robes are incredibly expensive. They're $1,000, right? Which is a lot of money just for Did not regalia. And that, <laughs> yeah. Man,
1: that was very, regalia. very surprising <laughs> yeah. to right. me. What is the cost of making this? I want to meet one. I mean, see one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> $1,000 one of, of polyester. It, Jade, can make that I'll happen. touch it later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet it. <laughs> you can yeah, meet that later. That $1,000. <laughs> Big plans
4: tonight, guys. <laughs> Jade is meeting my robe. <laughs> well, yeah, but you could buy a lot of diapers for $1,000, right? That's right. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, it came down. Uh, it came time to buy my graduation robe, and Joe's grandmother offered to buy it for me. Wow! And awesome. so she did. Um, and
3: I'm not sure she knew how much it was at first. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you know, Grandma, like a hundred dollars. That that's you know that'd be great. You don't have yeah. to pay for the whole thing. She's like, no. How much does it really cost? <laughs> and like a thousand dollars. Know, but, but she did it. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. and she was happy to.
4: Yep, so and great. uh, I, I put a dedication to her in my dissertation. Oh, um, grandma! Yep, Love so that. it was it was awesome, and I wore it really, really proudly that day. Yeah. So that's
0: that's just and a, now we wear them a couple times a year. So now you I know you now
4: I'm sure actually every time, right? Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. That's
3: awesome. And I, I mean, I grew up, my parents were very generous, they gave a lot of money to others, um, certainly to my you know took care of my sisters and I. But one I I do think about is when we were getting married, also didn't have much money because we were in grad school, um, (laughs) your mom came through big time. Like Mm -hmm. we were not really expecting a whole lot uh, to help pay for the wedding. Um, And your mom stepped up big time to really help us be able to afford that so that we were like starting marriage not in the red. (laughs) (laughs) That's a (laughs) gift. It's like you don't – you know, yeah. getting started with marriage is enough and dealing yeah. with debt on top of that would sure. be even harder so that was a big one too Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: what about you Jade, do you have one? Yes, um, so I think the biggest gift I've ever been given monetarily is um, when we adopted our son mm-hmm. about three years ago, mm-hmm. and um, we didn't know how we were actually going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I decided, hey, we'll just take out an interest-free credit card, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to ask people for money because you know I had a job and my husband had a job, and I just thought yeah. you know that's no, we need to decide on this, and if I can buy cars and if i can buy things then i can choose to invest in this so i put it on an interest-free credit card and we started making payments and two years went by and i mean it's just hard it's hard when you've also got other bills Mm -hmm. and daycare um and one day um it was actually my grandmother came to me and she was like how much how much is 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 the full amount the rest of it the payoff and mm-hmm. she gave me the full in total amount uh-huh. and it was just a moment I mean it was financially freeing it was also special because that was a decision in my heart that we had made that we knew that God had called us to adoption yeah. but we didn't really know how we were going mm-hmm. to afford it or pay yeah. for it so I encourage you in life when you feel called to something you just do it you yeah. do it you find a way and then I can't promise you in two years you'll get the payoff but what I can promise is there will be provision and there was provision Vision in me in that moment and what it also taught me is like that feeling of when you've been given something Mm -hmm. that you don't deserve and that that is just so big and it made me want to replicate that in others life in like a daily thing like I want others to feel the way I felt when I was given something big and maybe like when you just take a burden off someone whether it's a car payment I and mean, plenty of times it's like, I just want them to feel like they have a month to breathe, that they have their mortgage covered. Mm. Um, and I just think when you, when you live life like that, you can make such a huge, big difference. But I yeah. think that I can only give, um, especially when it's money, when that's something so we hold so tightly sometimes yeah. because I've been first given to. so. Yeah. Mm.
0: I think that's interesting from a research perspective, because when I was looking at what, you know, psychology has to say about giving, kind of two principles kept coming up, and one is this kind of reciprocity norm, the idea that we feel like we need to give back when, you know, when people have given to us, and so that kind of fits with what you're talking about. And the other one I find interesting is this social responsibility norm, so this idea that of course we all feel some sense of obligation to give to people who have less than we have, right, and people who cannot necessarily provide for themselves, so to care for Children, for example, right? Like, um, and other people who maybe don't have access to resources that we have. And so, interesting to think about where that comes from, and also maybe
1: just, you know, why why people give, yeah. right? And applying that to people who may yeah. not need it um, but that it, it it's just mm-hmm. an act of fulfilling a basic desire or a stress reliever you know yeah. I, like I want I want to be a giver that doesn't just say you desperately need me to yeah. give to live but no yeah. I want to give to make your life better mm. to, yeah. to mm-hmm. make you happier to yeah. make you more fulfilled yeah. to, you know so yeah. I think that that changes the perspective a For little sure. bit always on on giving
3: I, mean, I think we do have a fairly unique culture on giving. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of cultures give, right? This is a part of, yeah. anthropologically, we can look at mm-hmm. kind of the importance of that uh, for humanity, but I mean, as a U.S., there's long been a a culture of giving to the public welfare in mm-hmm. some way, right? So this is something like that Alexis de Tocqueville writes about in you know the 1830s. As he's mm-hmm. touring the United States, he's noting to, you know, writing to people back in Europe, one of the markers of this new Land is the willingness of people to contribute from what they have to the to the public welfare. Yeah. Right. So, like the United Way now has something called the de Tocqueville Society. That's the the Society of the Big Givers in the United mm-hmm. Way. But it's named that because de Tocqueville was making this kind of observation about our country. Um, and I think there are probably a number of ways you can think about why it's that way. But I do think that there has been a long culture of mm-hmm. giving in the U.S. Yeah. Um, that is different uh, from how other cultures approach philanthropy and approach giving.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting to go back to thinking about why people give. So we have this culture. Um, Do you think it matters why people give specifically money?
3: Well, I mean, my question is, matters to who? (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah. no, that's a great point, right? So
3: for a lot of nonprofits and groups that are trying to raise money, or if you desperately need money and someone's offering it to you, it may not matter a whole lot. Sure,
0: like, I just need it to get by, right? Yeah. But,
3: you know, as a a psychologist, I think from that perspective, I think it matters. For me, as someone who studies uh, ethics, I think it matters a lot what moral intentions you bring uh, to the act. So. yeah. Just as work of self knowledge, trying to come up with with why we give, because I think mm. there are there are healthier and harmful ways mm. uh, that for ourselves that we can give. Right, yeah. just because we're giving doesn't mean we're we're helping our own well being.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. What um, I, I mean, but I think just for our viewers and listening, I mean, there is a basic. In the brain, when we give, um, if if we put people in functional MRI scanners, they're the same places of food and and sex and and these reward centers lights up with giving. So we know that that's like the mm-hmm. d- the pull. I mean, there's got to be a pull because. Mm-hmm. Or else, why would we give? So we have that. But if their motive was, let's say, narcissistic, or if their motive was, like, self-esteem, like they just wanted more friends, um, you know, or to give or to get, do you think that changes? I just want to make that clear for the viewers just to make sure that they yeah. knew what was going on. Um so do you think that that change like if, so you're saying it matters to who. So you're saying that it matters. Um, you don't want to take back, you know, money that was deceitful, right? Or, or like from human trafficking, you know, <laughs> right, if, sure. like if we're selling girls on the side like that, we don't want to be a person <laughs> right, sure. taking that money. I know I'm going extreme.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That got <laughs> yeah. deep real quick <laughs> that's, there. That's <laughs> <what he's saying. laughs> but there. if you yeah. just want to, um,
1: <laughs> yeah. because what, we live in a society that posts a picture every time they do anything great right. or yeah. beautiful mm-hmm. and yeah. they use it under the pretense of we're, we're drawing awareness and right. you know I battle that sometimes it, am I taking okay. this picture doing this great thing for awareness or am I doing it to get some type of glory you know I yeah. want all these likes yeah. because I'm a good person I mean yeah. I, think, right.
3: I think about some of it you know I work with college students who a lot you know they're coming out of uh high school with a kind of degree of philanthropy and donation and giving yeah. and that is probably unheard of right yeah. because it's just it's what you have to do to get into college yeah. right you've got to be yeah. involved in these groups and you got to show that you're you know uh, engaged and yeah. and we get into college and students will sometimes you know be doing the selfies and they'll be doing but I want to see that as the hook, right? So that may be why you're doing it to start. But yeah. let, let's take that, it, you know, activating part of your brain that yeah, gives honey. a reward for it. And I want to draw you deeper into understanding mm. uh, both of yourself and of the context in our world that you're giving to in the hopes of kind of you've got your toe in the water. You're doing it for your own reasons, but I want to I pull you into a deeper way of understanding, a deeper way of giving so it becomes a lifelong habit. Yeah, and I not like that. something that's built on immediate uh, brain responses, yeah. right? But yeah, it it good. becomes a way of being. It becomes yeah. a habit, I and I
4: like that, that, that there a lot. are better ways of giving,
3: right, and better ways to do it, yeah. right? So that it doesn't you're able to see over time the bigger impact of doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's not an immediate response yeah. only, but you're seeing these longer Long-term, term yeah. reasons yeah. and longer term responses that make you want to stay yeah. and develop that kind of Uh, relationship with the world.
1: Well, I think because we know that giving is a predictor of happiness. And Mm -hmm. so uh, as we get happier and more fulfilled in our own lives, like we want to see that we want to be happier. So we want to give more. But I love that because how many people have gone on that first mission trip because the cute boy Mm -hmm. was in the group? Yeah. Okay, I may be calling myself out. <laughs> um, but then yeah. it became so much more. Yeah. It became so much it was like a a heart decision. It was it was like this is moving. This the world is bigger than my little town of Kernersville, mm-hmm. North Carolina. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, there's so sure. much to be done and so yeah. that's kind of like so maybe it doesn't matter the intention if true giving happens we can yeah and grow through the process like yeah. the right. hook
0: doesn't right. matter if you can get people into giving but then once we're there to kind of really I like that idea of kind of reflecting on why we're doing it yeah. and the importance of it and thinking about the context I, think well, I mean powerful. I think that's a
3: call to you know Youth ministers who are listening, or uh, yeah. anyone who's engaging with people in this process, what yeah. structures are you setting up to pull people deeper? Yeah, right. So that it's That's not great. just one-off experiences that are happening, mm-hmm. right. but really you're you're creating this longer-term mindset. Yeah. Um, and you started by talking about thirty uh, percent of giving happening in December, right? Yeah. So I mean, one of these shifts is toward having your December giving being the same as your your mm. time all year long giving, mm, right? Yeah. So not not saving up all your happiness Convicti, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One, to yeah. give it away in one month, yeah. right? But let's, like, spread it out. And that's, I mean, mm. it's something that we, as a couple, we have worked on in our own giving yeah. is trying to, I mean, just for budgeting purposes. So right, spread it out sure. throughout the year. Um, it's good for nonprofits. It's good for churches if they're getting money throughout yeah. the year. Often the summertime is the hardest time for nonprofits to fund themselves because mm, everyone's on vacation. They're not... Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're on right. vacation. You're not thinking about, I got to right. donate. Yeah.
1: And you're spending um, extra money, so you yep. don't want to donate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
3: But it's just thinking at, when we talk about those lifelong kind of habits, doing it every month. Yeah, you know, and getting in that habit, I think.
1: I think it's, I've always thought it's just kind of crazy that we don't necessarily think about like treating or rewarding our friends other than birthdays or Christmas. You know, just yeah. like why mm-hmm. is that and so? Those poor friends
3: whose birthdays are on December twenty fourth. I, like right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like I
1: know it all gets lumped together. So sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, so who gives? Like, who are the people yeah. that give the most? Or what type of person characterizes people who are givers?
0: Yeah. So I was looking into this a little bit this week, and I think it's interesting you bring up ministry and youth ministry, right? Because one of the things that's probably not surprising is that people who are consider themselves religious um, give more money than other people. So that's part of the culture of many religions, right? Um, but this idea, there was one study that I was reading about. It was by Pelham and Crabtree and they surveyed people basically about their likelihood of giving their money or if they gave their money or time in the last month and people who rated themselves as highly religious which meant they you know said they were involved in a in a religion an organized religion and had been to a religious service within the last week were 50% more likely to give within the last month and mm. so people coming you know who associate themselves with a the religion Um, seem to be givers the other thing thinking about our message from last um in the last few weeks is people who are happy um we give more when we're happy so not only does it seem to make us feel happy but when we are happy we're Mm -hmm. more generous so
1: there's so, many, there's so much to be said just yeah. kind of about that. The one thing that um, is when you mentioned when they go to church regularly, I think that the church has also seen a crisis because people aren't going into the building. They're actually yeah. not giving. So that's a very yeah. interesting uh-huh. thing that when they don't attend church regularly, they actually stop giving so yeah. what is, is it that moment that they have or is it just the mm-hmm. place that mm-hmm. in institutes that or should it not be more of their relationship or habit of giving so just just some yeah. interesting thoughts like you know why why does that happen yeah um because I don't think, because there's, there's also ways to watch. People can watch online. Sure, right? <laughs> and, and the church is like not that. the building. And, and yeah. we don't even touch money anymore. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> yeah. it's easy to demo. give mode. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. can still give. But uh, maybe yeah. it's the remembrance. And And I mean, we have in the Bible, like, religious people, I mean, that in reading the Bible, it's just full of that, right? Yeah. It's full of saying, um, I mean, there were people who gave it all, like gave gave up their families, not mm-hmm. just money. Um, yeah. And I, I love even the parables where um, it wasn't about how much they gave. It was about the proportion. Like it, yeah. it was the lady who gave almost everything she had or everything mm-hmm. she had. So not just, there might be people who give more than you, um, but if you're giving out of a sacrificial give that where it hurts a little bit, perhaps your blessing. Is bigger, mm-hmm. so <laughs> religious people they tend to give. Yeah, do you have yeah. anything to give, Reverend <laughs> Doctor uh, well, Joe? Well, no.
3: I mean, I'm. I think um, again, going back to de Tocqueville and just our culture, um, so much. I think of the the engagement of why you give is because you're participating in these communities, mm-hmm. and. As a culture, one of the things that worries me is we're losing a lot of these these third spaces, these places where people gather outside of work and home mm-hmm. uh, because those are often the places that make us give. They're the Rotary Clubs and the Kiwanis Clubs and the churches and gotcha. uh, th- these places where people from different walks of life, different political persuasions, different religious persuasions get together. Yeah. And those are often the kind of core of a community. If you don't have that, then mm-hmm. you, you have a bedroom community, right? People are... In, they, they live there and they work there and that's it yeah. and you don't you don't have this thing that bonds us together that makes mm-hmm. us want to give to each other yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you know I go back to like the famous argument in bowling alone right mm-hmm. when the bowling teams right we can see the decline yeah. in, in bowling teams in the US uh, but but that loss of the civil society of those places mm-hmm. where we come together, that, I think, is worrisome when you're talking about creating that culture of giving because we yeah. have to be together. We have to see each other's needs. We have to be proximate
1: mm-hmm. to the
3: need in order to feel compelled to give. If yeah. we live our lives in gated communities and in um, you know at work or wherever we are, or even not gated communities, just middle-class communities, yeah. but we're not regularly engaging people who are experiencing poverty, if we're not proximate mm-hmm. to the need, it's yeah, pretty easy exactly. to ignore it. Yeah, um, so. And it's pretty yeah. easy for most people to go about their daily lives and not have to engage people who are really in need.
4: That's why we stress building relationships with the community so much with our, mm-hmm. with yeah. our students, right? I mean, they, we, we want you to become proximate to the community, to be in the community, yeah. um, to get to know the people. Yeah.
3: I mean, it drives some of my students crazy when I'm like, you know, they want to go and they want to they fix a problem. Right, they want to yeah. solve something. I'm like your job is to listen.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Right. The
3: most Absolutely. important thing you can do is go and build a relationship mm-hmm. with one person today at this site. Yeah. Because you actually can't do anything until you're in relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah. Good. that's good. That's really good. That reminds me of um, I was listening to a, a message by Erwin McManus and he was talking about this idea of when we give, oftentimes, like let's say you're trying to grow Um, crops, right? That we have this idea where you drive by fields and we're just like throwing out seed, right? Mm -hmm. Like throwing out and we feel like we're making a difference. But what's better than just throwing out seed in random places is to plant the seed where you're at so that you can, you know, you know where it's going Mm -hmm. so that you can work on helping those things grow rather than just you know, throwing out the seed and then driving driving by 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 and (laughs) leaving, right? That, um, you know, kind of the idea of planting the seed in the community that you're in. And so I love that reference of thinking about building relationships in your community and just how important that is.
1: And also what you said about um, people need to know the need. Um, I think when Mm -hmm. you look at research, people give more if they know the need. So we need Mm -hmm. to be exact, like we need, people need to know what's out there. And and you only know that if you're in the proximity of them. Mm -hmm. And if we're telling people like, hey, this is, this is something that we see or or mm. we need you to come along because they're much more prone to say hey I want to be a part of that
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and I think it becomes
4: kind of dangerous and paternalistic if we assume what organizations need mm. or what people need right I mean we've we need to ask we need to listen um yeah. and we need to empower communities right as we yeah. think about how we give yeah so
1: And I think the best gives are when we, we experience like the person engaging in them and getting them. Do you get what I'm saying? So, so it's hard for me sometimes to give $150 to missions every month. I don't see the kids or or the food that goes out. I just blindly give this money every month hoping Mm -hmm. that it goes, but it's so much more easy if I'm walking alongside a friend who can't afford a birthday cake or can't afford this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey. Like, I, I want to meet that need for you. And so I think when we're living in these communities or these churches, or we know somebody that didn't have electricity last month, um, that's when it's it, it we're able to see it all to fruition, and you're able to get that robe mm-hmm. experience where you're <laughs> like, I didn't have $1,000 for this robe, but somebody loved me enough to <laughs> yeah. give this to me. And that's where we truly, like, it feeds yeah. on mm-hmm. both sides. So interesting. I think,
3: too, uh, Sometimes I think we have, you know, we're willing to give to people we know, right? We'll give you cash because I think, you're. I know you, Stacey. You need money. Give you money. I know you're going to use it for a good thing. We have a lot of these built up stereotypes in our head of what people experiencing poverty are like and if you mm-hmm. give them cash they're going to buy booze mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. know they're going to go do drugs or they're going to do bad stuff right yeah. so we don't want to give money to people who are poor we want to give them the the, the object socks. right yeah we're going to give socks. you socks we're going <laughs> to give socks. you food we're yeah. going to give you right we're going <laughs> to give you the thing because yeah. we don't trust you with cash yeah and i think you know we've actually had a rather unique social experiment in some ways over the last 18 months in COVID, mm-hmm. uh, we saw the food hardship rate in our local community drop to the lowest number it's ever been since mm-hmm. we've been studying. Mm-hmm. So it dropped uh, over to around 11% of our community experiencing food hardship. Uh, that's still a pretty high number. We're yeah. still over the national average, but we dropped to 11% um, from up around 24%. Wow. Um, and in the height of the pandemic, we were at 33% wow. of our entire community experiencing food hardship. So it's been a massive drop. Mm -hmm. So the question is, why in the middle of a pandemic Mm -hmm. did we experience the lowest food hardship we'd ever had? Money. Money.
4: Right. Cash
3: payments. Mm -hmm. Unemployment, expanded unemployment benefits, the um, government, straight up government payments, expanded EBT cards. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of the government money that was flowing out to people who were experiencing poverty resulted in the lowest food hardship mm-hmm. we'd had, which is mm-hmm. a pretty good indication that when people experiencing poverty are given cash, they use it to buy food. Yeah. Right? They That's use it good. to pay for basic needs. Yeah. Um, and I think as you get proximate to mm-hmm. people, as you're experiencing communities that sometimes we're not in, you realize, I, would tr- I trust them with the money. They, yeah. they need the money to make the choices to, to be able to do things. So, yeah. you know, sometimes I, th- I do think we, we steer away from giving money because we think it's better to give stuff. Yeah. And I do think that there are times and places where giving money is what's really needed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in a season when we're, probably most of us are going to be upping our giving, although, of course, as we talked about, it should be a <laughs> habit, right? right? But if we are upping our giving this month or every month, um, what would you guys say about giving responsibly? How, how are we better givers of our money?
3: Do you want me to do that?
0: <laughs> you can start with Oh, that. geez. Yeah.
3: Uh, I mean, this is... Just,
0: an, just a softball for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean,
3: this is a huge question because how do we give well without being paternalistic, without... I mean, because we should have intentionality in these things mm. that we're doing when we give. Um,
1: but even if we have the wrong intention, you just told us earlier, <laughs> that we can establish new habits. habits. So it's yeah. right, not completely... Right. Um, you know,
3: one thing I think about... Um, when we're trying to give responsibly is really thinking about what the organizations that we're giving to, because most of us are giving to organizations, not individuals. Right? Um, Thinking about how we can participate in the mission or the work of those organizations. So our giving is pretty much exclusively to organizations that we're putting sweat equity into Mm, as well. Yep. Right. Uh, Because we believe in the mission. We want to be part of it. So we're also going to give money uh, to it. Um, so that, I guess that would be my, my first thing is like, look at the places where you're passionate, where you're putting yeah. in that mm-hmm. kind of effort yourself, because I think it's going to drive you to give more. It's also going to make you a better advocate in trying to get other people to give. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just
1: like the verse in the Bible was where your treasure is, your heart is. So yeah. like where we put our money, our heart is. And, and, and I think that goes back where our heart is, our treasure will be. Yeah. So yeah. you just said, like, find the thing where your heart is. If you want to give, go follow your heart.
3: Yeah. And then, you know, I think one of the places, and as a pastor, I can be hard on Christians about this, we get really paternalistic. Uh, Like, we really think we know what's better, what's best for people. Mm. Uh, And so trying to find ways of giving that aren't paternalistic, but are empowering. Um, And during the holiday season... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slaughter some sacred cows here, I think. I mean, there are some things that Challenge us, Joe. <laughs> that drive me crazy. So oh I am boy. not.
1: Okay, hey, I like go. this. Here this is, is the kind of stuff I really I right? I like.
3: I am not an Operation Christmas Child person. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of problems with. And, and not just Operation Christmas Child, there. I mean, there are another. There are a number of these sorts of projects where we're using money to buy consumer items that. May or may not be exactly what are needed Mm. to send to people, right? So filling shoeboxes of consumer items and sending them off destroys local economies. It's anyway there. there, There's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, I had one of my students a couple of years ago who wanted to do a kind of angel tree sort of project, um, (laughs) and I really challenged her to think about how do you get. (coughs) <coughs> proximate, mm-hmm. right? So how can you do a Christmas project that gets you closer to people, but also a project that empowers people? And she did an amazing job. And what what she did, uh, she worked with the Chavis YMCA here in High Point. Mm-hmm. Uh, she raised a bunch of money. She got um, a lot of donations for all these presents. And she set them up on tables, kind of grouped them together in kind of a price and kids' age groupings, and then parents would come and they'd bring their kids, and the kids would play with the college students. They'd play basketball and hang out mm-hmm. and eat and have a meal, uh, while the parent uh, would pay in five dollars. She's like, it's important that parents feel like mm-hmm. this isn't just charity; they're putting yeah. something right.
4: in. I contributed to I my contributed. kids. I'm part Christmas of this. Gifts. Yeah. So right. the
3: parents would pay in then the parents would go into the room with all the presents and they'd have a certain number that they could get from tables. So they're picking out their kids, their mm. kids present, right? Really they're good. making the choices for what their, parent, their kid wants. Not just, you know, my kid is a size 10 and likes shirts with basketballs mm. on them, right? Yeah. That you might write on a... Um, exactly. angel tree thing right yeah. but the parent actually picks it right and then they go and they wrap it themselves yeah. yep. and they you know put it in the bag they go put it in the car and then they go back with their kid and they finish lunch and they eat and like that project for her it got she built a lot of relationships with mm-hmm. people she got to know people she got to see this was empowering rather than giving people what we think they ought to have yeah. or what they need So, I mean, finding ways to give that bring you closer into people, that Mm -hmm. help you engage Mm -hmm. more in the issues, and uh, aren't paternalistic, but are rather uh, empowering to them. Yeah, empowering people, seeing their dignity, their humanity, Mm -hmm. um, and not washing that out.
4: And that's That's a a shout out for that toxic charity book, right? That you and I. Sure. um, Yeah.
3: This is Lupton, Robert Lupton's book. Right,
4: um, yeah. we can put that in your yeah. resources. Show notes. Yeah, really yeah. yeah, show notes. For sure, yeah. Um, that's a great text um, for faith communities to read. I think for. Yeah, um, I love. mean, uh,
3: he's got a challenging story in there about showing up to provide gifts to a family at Christmas, mm-hmm. and the father sneaking out the back because it was so hard on the dad. It was humiliating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's humiliating for him to not be able to provide. Gifts for his kids. So while you know mm. the good church people who are showing up at the presents get that, that yeah. good rush, that good fuzzy. feel, right? Yeah. What it does to the parents on the other side, even mm. I mean, they may be very grateful for yeah. their kids, but emotionally inside, I mean, yeah, think about if we couldn't provide mm-hmm. Christmas for our kids, yeah, that would yeah. be heart wrenching, yeah. even. If we were so grateful for the people who were providing,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you can uh, be grateful, but then that feeling of not being able to be the one who provides that, and your kids watching yeah. that, has to feel pretty bad. That's powerful.
1: Yeah. I love that. And there's actually a new organization, or it's not new, but it'll be new to hear. It's called City Serve. Um, it's based out of California, but they are taking on that that whole structure of um, it'll be returned Amazon items and they're going to be establishing warehouses where people can oh, come wow. and shop for like discounted prices so mm. you can still get what you Want or what you need, and no, nobody's telling you you have to take this shower curtain, we're giving away, you know, this, right. but it'll be a warehouse where they can shop and they'll be able, there'll be hours, and but it'll be much discounted and whatnot, so they still have to pay something. Mm-hmm. So, I think that yeah. this is this yeah. idea is trickling, um, and they're planning on doing that with food and, um, and the, the resources and a, a few other things. So, it, it's, I think that hopefully we'll see that explode over yeah. the next few months and stuff, and yeah. that's a way and it seems very a much more healthier way than just people pulling up in your parking lot and getting yeah. a box of food. Well, you know? and it's yeah. like
4: we hear all, you know, we hear all the time with you know, how we give food to people that oftentimes when we take food out of our pantry, it's the food that we don't want, right? Like yeah, here's a can of true. creamed corn that we has been sitting there for 10 months and we're going <laughs> to donate it to our food pantry. Well, if we don't want it, What makes us think that someone else is going to want it? Yeah. Right. Like some. Right. Um, And so, you know, again, like letting families kind of pick out what they need, what they want.
1: A funny story to that is one time we did a food giveaway and um, but it was a high uh, Muslim population Mm -hmm. and we literally gave pork in the food box and it oh, no. was a moment where I was like this, I mean, that's terrible. Why yeah. are we giving them this thing that we know they don't need want or, or, and or they the don't use. respect or yeah. yeah at all. And, and that's not, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I still think the heart is behind there, but it, right. it's, it's got to be like this change, this shift of just not just giving whatever. You'll take whatever. No, they no, they deserve what they need, and yeah. we need to be more... Let them um, shop for their I food. I mean, we all have kids.
3: Yeah. What are the likelihood if you just got a box of food that your kids would eat what's in it? Oh, yeah. my. Right? right? Uh, so, <laughs> that's you know, a great I point. <laughs> a, I can give a shout-out to a place. Uh, like, West End Ministries <laughs> does... Um, a grocery store style uh, yeah. food pantry, right? So you come in mm-hmm. and you select your own. So it's a it's yeah. a customer choice, client choice kind of model. Um, and that's in my work with the Food Alliance. That was a lot of what we were doing was working with pantries to think, how do you infuse more choice? Because you're going to reduce mm-hmm. the amount of waste. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you get a box with stuff that you can't eat, you just throw it away. So all that food went away. Right. Other people might eat that. Right. But then we think about religious preferences, yep. the pork, that that's not a one off right like mm-hmm. that is yeah. all the time think about all the stuff that pork is mm-hmm. in
1: right. um, yeah, that absolutely.
3: ends up in uh, so when you have muslim families and like they can't eat that
1: right, right. that
3: that's not what they need protein-wise in their food boxes. Yeah. Uh, but also think about the number of seniors and people we have that have diabetes or high blood pressure that need to be watching their sodium mm-hmm. intakes. And think about yeah. the food that usually ends up in food boxes is often oh. really high sodium. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I right? think about that a lot. And so high sugar. I'm when helping.
0: you think even about grocery stores that donate food, we often get so many, like, Pace loaves street. of bread <laughs> and cakes and pastries.
2: and,
1: right. and yeah. 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 Living on donuts, those jelly Pastries, oh whatever. Gosh, there were like yeah. so many of those, and I'm like, oh, I don't want. I don't. what do you so, I even mean, give these away? Yeah, yeah,
3: the the whole food, like again, another podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> but because um, that's something I spent a lot of time in high point right. working on is yeah. food, um, and it's there. There are good models out there, but they take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. They take a lot of investment. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but they have pretty big payoffs because yeah. they can infuse dignity into the process rather mm-hmm. than creating this mm-hmm. barrier between mm-hmm. the giver and the taker. Yeah. Right. Um and making a more collaborative in, space. In our
4: food pantry we found out one of the biggest needs was dog food. Right. So yeah, we something
0: like, people don't think of.
4: Right. Um so
3: yeah, because yeah. we do end up with, with folks who will feed their pets before they'll feed themselves. Yeah, wow. Right? So providing dog food helps the other food go further. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also had, in studies we've done, I mean, we have folks who are eating animal food. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so that was from the, some of the surveys that we did um, in the 27260 uh, part of High Point, mm-hmm. where we had seniors who were supplementing their own, their own meals with, with cat mm-hmm. food. Uh, they were mm-hmm. using uh, uh, dish detergent mm-hmm. as body. To, like They, mm-hmm. they w- were trying to find creative ways to stretch yeah. money um, because the stuff that comes in the boxes isn't always exactly what they need.
0: Yeah.
3: Right. Um, yeah. So anyway.
0: I think that's a great challenge as we think about moving forward as we think about giving in the next mm-hmm. few weeks is just – Thinking about getting in those communities that we're giving to, which is a hard thing, instead of just writing a check and passing it on, Mm -hmm. um, trying to relate to the people that we're giving to and ask questions
1: about, Mm -hmm. you know, what really is the need and giving them power, um power in their choices I think a lot of good things are going on but we all need to learn we all need mm-hmm, to be yeah. better and it's all a work in progress so because mm-hmm. um, not to be downing all the food banks in the area yeah, or do <laughs> sure. anything no. hey, we're thankful for what you wh- what we're do. thankful for all yeah. of that but we can all learn as we get knowledge like knowledge is power to change yeah. and to do more with and that's what we hope yeah. even today is because I, th- I know that it's encouraged me Along, how to give better, mm-hmm. and how to um, not just to, to make it where my heart is, and also to look at like these organizations and say, hey, mm-hmm. how can we mm-hmm. not be so toxic <laughs> in our yeah. charity, that's you right. know, and right. um, and we can change lives and and help them feel more. That's that's what I want to do because I don't want the yeah. we don't want a feeling of of this God mentality. Look at us giving mm-hmm. you, but like, mm-hmm. no, we're in this together. Yeah, We're in this together. And we want to help mm-hmm. you and encourage you and, and get you to that job interview and, and see what you can do and all you can be. So yeah. I'm very encouraged by giving. Yeah, absolutely. I,
3: mean, Jay, I think one of the things you said that is just uh, powerful to think about is this idea, like that when we give, it's not a zero sum game, right? Mm-hmm. So when I give to you, that doesn't mean that I have less, but like, yeah. Through giving, we can make more for everybody, right. and I think That's breaking great. that mentality of the this is just a zero yeah. sum game, right? Mm. But especially for people of faith, uh, the the giving multiplies, mm. yeah. right? right. right. Yeah. And I think yeah. if we can get into that mindset versus this, uh, you know, zero sum game, uh, you know, I, I think it can transform the way we view other people in our world. And That's
4: we're trying, really you know, you and I are trying to model that. For our kids right now, yeah, that's
0: a great question because many of us are parents, and so mm. how do
4: we model healthy giving to our kids?
3: Take them along. Well, yeah, we take them <laughs> along. Yeah. Um,
4: practical things we do um, in our family: a spend, save, share mm. jar. Right, yeah. every time they get money um, for, uh, you know, for a birthday. Yeah. Right, we always say, all right, you know, you need to put some in your spend, some in your save, and some in your share. Right, and it gives more. Ooh. To everyone,
0: um. I like that getting them in the habit early of thinking about that. If only we all thought that way every time we got a paycheck or every time you know we got a monetary gift, that mm-hmm. could be really powerful.
1: And illustrating it so. Us yeah. being better at that and, mm-hmm. and taking our kids yeah. along that journey mm-hmm. when yeah. we give, letting them know we give. Because I'm I'm a little bit convicted of that right now. I'm like, yeah. you know what? They don't know. They I, don't even know yeah. w- that Ooh. we give to this whole organization over here. And I'm like, oh, man, they need to. They need to. Yeah, yeah. To understand that. We also did this um, noisy offering at our church
4: where we gave yeah. the kids. Um, buckets and had them collect the offering um during the worship service. Yeah. I
3: mean, we just, wanted people to give change.
4: We wanted people to give change, right? right. But so like, bring your
3: change from yeah. home and dump it in, right? Yeah.
4: Right. And so it made all this noise. Um yeah. I we Joyful heard hearing noise. aids going up like crazy oh, no. in our church community. Um it was yeah. funny, but it also like just again it was just one little thing that kind of modeled for the kids, but we involved them in the yeah. offering and it was really cool and they got excited about it and we made it we started to make it a regular part of our, our pre-pandemic, uh, pre-pandemic <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. church service, right? Yeah. But um, that was just another kind of small gesture, but it was a yeah. way of just, you know, getting kids involved. Getting kids yeah. involved. That's key Because
1: if we don't talk about it, it will go the opposite way. We were in Target the other day, and um, we were buying a birthday gift. And my youngest daughter, she was like, why do we always come here and buy stuff for other people? and and I was like because we have a lot of friends (laughs) and we have birthday parties to go to and then I had this whole like giving discussion about that I'm like because we don't come to the store just to get stuff for For us but it was a good moment but we just have way too few of those so that's encouraging we need to be talking to our kids kids, about this so so many good nuggets so many good things I'm so happy to have you on yeah it was a really helpful perspective so thank you all for sharing thanks for having us yeah we love being here yeah. We've started December off right, Stacey. That's right. And we talk about all these things because we, we love, love you.
3: You've been listening to the Because We Love You podcast. Join us next time for more encouragement and hope as we pursue a life of wellness together. Why? Because we love you.